If you own a small business and you might be looking to sell, you could run into some major issues. Forbes estimates that 9 out of 10 businesses listed never actually sell. Why? Because there's only one way to sell. You need to do these four steps first. So if you want to be a part of the 10% of businesses that sell for profits, we've created a free checklist for you so you can sell without those hurdles that normally hold you back. Download the free checklist by visiting www.abundantculture.co forward slash checklist. Welcome back to the Abundant Culture Podcast, where business owners like you come to learn how to grow the valuation of their companies so they can sell in the future. On this show, you'll learn how to sell for top dollar and invest in profitable businesses around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Jazz and Joe. Welcome back to the Abundant Culture Podcast. This week, we are continuing the conversation of hiring because it's so important. Like, I can't tell you how important this step is in the process of growing your business and then selling your business. Because when you sell your business, people want to buy an efficient team, a productive team, a team that actually gets the job done. So they don't, they probably don't have to come in and do the work because when somebody buys a business, they're more than likely not buying it so that they could have a job. They're buying it as a somewhat passive income stream to mm. on, you know, obviously they're going to be there and be a little active, but for the most part, people are not buying your business so that they could have another nine to five. Yeah. So we will go ahead and start it off with what happens before the interview. Want to take it away? Uh, yeah. So, uh, before the interview, obviously there's the actual like job posting of you know who are we looking for what do we want from them and things of that nature but I think another thing that's not necessarily looked at as much is the preparation uh, for that interview and I think one of the things that I personally do to prepare for interviews is I just look over my interview questions now usually the interview questions that I ask are pretty similar from person to person but I always try to make sure that I'm looking at it and trying to upgrade it as time goes on because as time goes on I get smarter uh, I, my goals and ambitions are are slightly different, they're slightly higher, and I might want to hone in on specific characteristics that I want from a person. And really, I just try to read through that list of interview questions. And there's actually books that go over the types of interview questions that are good to ask within an interview. And it also goes over the answers, the correct answers to those interview questions. So that is a really good tool for somebody who's new to hiring uh, people and or maybe even new to just interviewing for different jobs and I think there's tons of really great questions to ask people Uh, specifically one of the favorite questions that I like to ask is just get an idea of where did this person used to work and what skills did they obtain from those different jobs and I think that's a question that requires uh, very critical thinking because if I ask you, you know, where did you work before? You're, you'll just name off the different, you know, companies that you worked for. But then I ask you, what skills did you learn from each of those companies? Then I'm asking you to go back through your memory to each of those companies and figure out what.
what did you not know before going to that company? And then what did you know after training and working for a while at that company? Um, and it really forces them to uh, really not only tell us what they can do for us, but if I ask you, what did you uh, learn at those other companies? Those are skills that they did for other companies. So one of the really profound pieces of advice that I got in business is don't ask people, what can they do? Ask them what they've done, because there's a huge gap between uh, what people are you know, capable of doing and you know what people have done already. And what I want to do is be comfortable with what you've done already and lead you to what you have potential to actually do in the future. But I have to first be comfortable with the things that you have already accomplished. Like, for example, we're actually launching a you know private equity fund, the Abundant Culture Fund. And you, a lot of investors will want to know, you know, oh, this is cool. But what has your team actually done thus far? And, you know, you have to be able to say we've done this, this and this and get them comfortable with what you have done, because then they're going to be more comfortable taking that journey with you to what you're actually capable of doing in the future. And I think it's the same for you hiring an employee. You want to know what skills do they have and where did they get those skills from? And if they can't answer that question, then that really, that might mean that they were kind of just going through the motions, but they never really learned anything. And I think jobs are so important because not only is it, you know, how you pay your bills, but it's also how you acquire skills. I listened to a podcast episode by this guy named Naval. I forgot his last name, but um, he's a Indian guy who is also an angel investor. He, he invests in a lot of tech companies and he talks about, you know, the best skills that you can have are skills that you learn on the job in the real world. It's really, really hard for somebody to just go on YouTube and become a master at certain skills. A lot of skills have to be learned on the jobs. That's why there are trades. And, you know, you hear people talk about automation and AI and stuff like that. Well, there we're a long ways away from, you know, robots being able to do what a plumber or a carpenter or an electrician can do. And I think it's really important to look at what somebody actually learns on a job and be able to really hire them for those specific skills that they have. Yeah. And also to know that they're willing to learn yeah. like more skills too, because you don't want somebody that doesn't want to grow. Yeah. What's the point? We're trying to grow the company. If we're trying to grow the company and you don't want to personally grow, then your values and the company's values don't align. Absolutely. There needs to be an alignment. And we talked about that a little bit in the hiring episode part one. And another thing that we made the mistake of doing and we learned from it and we make sure that we definitely do this is before the interview before you probably even set a time with someone to come in and or go through zoom or whatever make sure that you at least do a google search you don't have to do a full background search or maybe you do have to do a full background search because of the type of job it is but if it doesn't require the the background search the in-depth stuff make sure you just do a quick google search google their name with like their city or something and you never know what pop up yeah (laughs) we did this 
after we fired someone and we were yeah. like, why did we hire her? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Basically, a, a, a good Google search will stop you from making a whole bunch of really dumb, stupid mistakes when uh, you hire somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, we live in a digital age and there's so much information out there about everybody, you know, like, and, and it's crazy. Like, you know, everybody has that, you know, uh, parts of their life that they're not necessarily, you know, that proud of. But I think it's important for us as employers to be able to look at somebody's social media or be able to look at, you know, a, a search on Google and kind of really determine, you know, what type of person was this at least because you can and, figure like because you don't want to discriminate yeah in unethical way but you still have to you have to know. discriminate yeah. in a way i mean not in a negative way but yeah. they have to they have to fit and if yeah. they don't fit then you have to discriminate against the kind of person that they are because their maybe attitude or ethics yeah. values morals like uh if you see them for example i check social media before they come to the interview i don't do it before i schedule the interview but i definitely check that facebook page yeah and i remember it was this one girl that applied to be a barista or it was for the management position and on her facebook she was it was during like the black lives matter writing and stuff like that Mm -hmm. she was just so like messy and you could just see the drama on her facebook page And it's like, I don't want that drama at my workplace. Yeah. I don't. Because who whoever somebody is at home, they're going to bring a piece of that with them to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they might not bring all of it, but there is a piece of it. Like, there's certain character traits in my personality that... I can't help. They'll they'll sh- just show up when I go to my coffee shop. They'll show up and whatever uh, work that I am doing. And it's just you can't really hide who you are, especially over very, very long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Like over you can hide it for maybe a few days, a few weeks. But over time, but given months or most years, most of the time they're there for a long term commitment. Yeah. For months or years, like somebody is going to show you exactly who they are, at least for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I think it's 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 super important that you get an idea of this person like i said don't ask them who they want to be look at them for who they are today and then when you look at who they were like if you see like old articles about them or something on google then from a couple of years ago then if there's multiple articles then they're more than likely in the habit of doing whatever they did whether that's positive or negative yeah and i think really it just takes a a bit of discernment from you as a business owner to look at the situation in, in its entirety you know i don't have anything that i know of that's super embarrassing on any of my social media but like every now and again if you scroll back far enough you can see really ridiculous pictures of me for whatever reason and it's nothing that like you know i'm afraid that somebody's gonna find but like today i saw a memory of of me pop up and it was like for whatever reason i don't know why i was i was um i was at maxi's house and i had on a tiara and i was eating a cupcake or a cookie or something (laughs) like that 
I don't know why I had on a tiara. It makes no sense. I don't know why I did that. But it was from four years ago. And I mean, if you're not going to hire me <laughs> because I had on a tiara, then, you know, that's, that's, that's your thing. That's, that's, that's not significant enough. Mm-hmm. If I saw one of my employees like that, you know, with a picture like that online, I, you know. Whatever. I, yeah, whatever. I don't care. So basically, before the interview, you just want to make sure that you do your due diligence on the person before they show up because... You don't want to waste your time or their time. Yeah. If you own a small business and you might be looking to sell, you could run into some major issues. Forbes estimates that nine out of 10 businesses listed never actually sell. Why? Because there's only one way to sell. You need to do these four steps first. So if you want to be a part of the 10% of businesses that sell for profits, we've created a free checklist for you so you can sell without those hurdles that normally hold you back. Download the free checklist by visiting www.abundantculture.co forward slash checklist. During the interview, you kind of covered this already a little bit, like the questions that can be asked. Do you want to go a little bit more in depth about like questions we ask? Yeah. So the the first one is like, you know, what jobs have you had? What skills have you obtained uh, from those jobs? I can't remember the order in which I ask a lot of these questions. So I'll just go through the ones that really pop into my head. One that I ask that is very minute, but I think is really important is, you know, what are some of your pet peeves? And I think that's a good question to ask because what I realized is that when you have more than one employee, you basically have a team. You only need two people to have a team. Yeah. And if the, the bigger that team is, the better it can work and the worse that it can work. So it can kind of go both ways. And I think one of the things that a lot of employers don't necessarily look at is that you can have two people in the same company or on the same team, but one person has a character trait that's like their main character trait and the other person that character trait is their main pet peeve they're always going to be irritated with each other for example we had this one employee i'm not going to say his name but he was an awesome employee i think we only had him for a short period of time but he was like amazing he was really cool like we always got great reviews about him you know people would tell us oh you know so and so was on shift and you know i just like how you know talkative he is i always have great conversations with him he makes my drink exactly the way i want it every single time and like our customers Customers just really, really enjoyed him. Like, absolutely loved him. But our employees weren't too fond of him, the other employees. And, you know, this put us kind of in a tough spot because, you know, on one side, we're getting great reviews. There's people who come to the coffee shop just to see him. But on the other hand, our other employees are upset with us because he's here. So it's like, as a business owner, that was a really, really uh, sticky situation for us because you want to keep your employees happy, but you also want to keep your customers happy. You know, how do we do both? Now, one thing I will say in the long run, he ended up quitting. Uh, so we, you know, didn't really have to worry about it because it would have sucked trying to fire him. So uh, he quit. We didn't have to worry about it long term. But uh, his situation was that he wasn't the neatest person. Like, you know, he did his job. He came in. He made the coffee really good. He made our customers feel really, really welcome, which was awesome. That drives sales. But, you know, he wouldn't necessarily clean up after himself the way he was supposed to uh, during his shift. So when the next person came in, they had to kind of clean up, clean up the messes that he made. And the way that the store was kind of structured is like it was all behind the counter. So our, like the customer might be just looking at the main area and it's like oh it's fine but behind the counter you know he would have you know things not 
really tidy or neat. And that would really irritate my other customers. And the reason I you say employees, our other employees, yeah, I meant employees, but that would really irritate them. And the reason it did is because, you know, my other employee was a neat freak. Uh, that person liked to be really, really clean, like all the time. They were really neat. You know, I think one of the first days I met them, they were scrubbing the floor. The first day that I met them, it was crazy. Yeah. And they, they really, they just liked a neat work environment. But this person didn't care about having a neat work environment. He was actually pretty disorderly. So those personalities clashed a lot. And I think when you're building a team, one of your main goals is to make sure that there's not this personality clash uh, going on in your business. So if you hear somebody say, you know, my my pet peeve is somebody who doesn't clean up after themselves, and you know that you have employees that don't like to clean up after themselves, then you have two choices. You either A, get that other employee to start cleaning up after themselves so they can kind of coexist, or B, you know, those Make people... A different hiring decisions. Yeah, those people aren't going to be able to work together really well long term. So and you're going to have to... that'll affect your, uh, your productivity and yeah. your efficiency at work. Yeah. So that that's one question. Uh, what is your pet peeve? Uh, we also go over our mission statement and values with them so yeah. that they know what we expect of them, like the type of characteristics and values and personality yeah. that we expect them to show while they're at work. Yeah. And that's a really good one. That's really important. We also, another thing is we ask people what were their reasons for leaving their previous yeah. occupations? And the reason I ask that is because I just want to know, like, are you this person that you you just like to have different jobs every single year? If so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I just need to know because when we start coming up on a year, I need to be looking for your replacement because you're going to leave. Or you could be you could be the start of the drama and then you can be saying that, oh, that that place everybody just didn't treat me right and yeah like you could have this total victim mentality yeah and it's like i don't want that yeah and and that's really apparent because like so and that's something i i also look for because if somebody says oh it was just drama at this specific job then it's like okay you know you're always gonna have that one job that was like just a little bit too much yeah. but if you had you worked at five different places and you left all of them because of drama there's a very very strong chance that that individual was the actual you know cause or at least part mm-hmm. of the cause of the drama like so follow the trend yeah absolutely follow the trend uh so i think it's just a really good thing to know uh why people leave their employment especially because it allows you to kind of um to be proactive about keeping your employees like mm-hmm. you know one person told me that you know they had her doing everything outside of her job description and was not recognizing her for the work that she was doing. You know, she was supposed to be making food. They had her painting walls. It's like, <laughs> so like, that's really easy. Don't have this girl paint walls. Or if you're going to have her paint walls, at least, you recognize know, it. recognize it you. and maybe pay her extra for painting the walls. So right. you can avoid really, you know, dumb mistakes by, you know, just asking this person why they left. And then you can make a mental note of that and say, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So very strategic. And then also a reminder that during the probationary period, Period after they're hired it's not just for you to get a good feel for them but also for them to get a good feel for you because this is a win-win situation it's not like you being 
the the ruler or what the dictator over them they need to make sure that they like the environment too because if they don't then leave early don't (laughs) you don't have to stay here for the whole training when you really didn't want to and then now we wasted all this training money on you so and training is expensive and i'm sure that you as the listener understand that so after the interviews we have a bunch more questions that we go over but just to kind of keep it you know keep it compact size after the interviews we usually wait a couple of days to make a hiring decision because we want to make sure that we're not making kind of just like a decision based on like a quick a quick bias or something yeah and we dodged a couple of bullets by waiting a couple of days now and you know if you have a time sensitive project then hire immediately like with the the VA marketing for the coffee cabins, I'm hiring one of those people today, same yeah. day that I interviewed them. But I already did, you know, enough due diligence to know. And plus, it's not like a physical in-person job. So I feel like it's a little bit different. Yeah. Plus, it's not a huge team. It's just yeah. them communicating with us and us communicating with them. Yeah. So I feel like there, it's not as much that needed to go into that. But for the, the coffee shops, like, you're here a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be You have a lot of here. responsibility. Right. You have a lot of responsibility. A lot of tasks to do. And we need you to do them well. Mm-hmm. Forgot where I was going with this. But <laughs> with that being said, I think you have to just be able to trust the person that you actually hire. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think the best way to really build that trust is to really just put them in the field and see what they actually do. Yeah. After you've thoroughly interviewed them. After obviously. you've thoroughly did due diligence, after you've thoroughly interviewed them. And I just read in a book, The Wealthy Franchisee, that he uses this matrix to hire. So he like does a point system because it allows him to... If people are, like, too similar, then it allows you to dictate, like, who would actually be better at the job than who you just like. But right now, we've kind of just been going off of, like, gut feelings just because we aren't that big yet. And we also don't get as many applicants. So we will implement that, but we haven't yet. So when we do, we'll let you know. For sure. And that is all we had for hiring. If you have any specific questions or if you'd like to see our notes for the the actual interviews, then we'll, we'd be more than happy to send you our template. Yeah. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. If you don't diversify your investment portfolio, you could end up losing it all. But most business owners don't know how to diversify to mitigate those risks. That's why we created this resource for you. This passive investing guide is a must-have if you're planning to invest in businesses. Don't hesitate. If you have more than 25 grand liquid, then you can't afford not to take advantage of this resource. Download the four reasons why in 2021 you need small businesses in your portfolio now by going to www.abundantculture.co forward slash guide. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Culture Podcast with Jazz and Joe. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember, we're ready to buy your business. So if you're ready to sell or passively invest in other small businesses, go to AbundantCulture.co for more information. We publish episodes every Friday, so we'll see you next week.